Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. other kind of cop. Pity the guy he works for. Lieutenant, don't try to evade the responsibility. In your parlance, you blew it. What the hell is going on here? A high-speed pursuit? Two men are killed? An officer in the hospital? A witness almost murdered? Captain Baker would like to have a word with you. Now listen to me, Lieutenant. All right, nail him. I want him written off. Do you let anything reach you? I mean really reach you. Or are you so used to it by now that nothing really touches you? You're living in a sewer, Frank. Day after day, with you, living with violence is a way of life. Living with violence and death. The way Frank Bullitt's swinging, you know he's heading for a crash with that wall of official disapproval. Chicago blood starts spilling in San Francisco. They hand bullet the mop. Now, what went wrong, Lieutenant? Who else knew where he was? What? Who else knew where he was? What are you implying? Well, they knew where to look for him and they used your name to get in. Are you suggesting I disclosed his whereabouts? You believe what you want. You work your side of the street and I'll work mine. sky, a streak of gray, and a cheerful... Ah! A loop, a whirl, and a vertical climb, and once again, you'll know it's time for the adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle and friends. 
starring that supersonic speedster, Rocket J. Squirrel, with his pal, Bullwinkle the Moose, and a host of others. Hurry, Bullwinkle, the show's about to start. I'm coming as fast as I can. Wait to the people. An autograph. This is John Smith. But your name is Bullwinkle. I know, but that's hard to spell. Hey, y'all, what do you get when you cross Suzanne Summers and Goldie Hahn? You get Linda Vaughn. And I'm listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Why don't you? Welcome, you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google, TanTalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreetMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our past shows, don't forget to check out our archive page, NostalgicRadioandCars.com, which is where all our shows are podcasted. Good evening, Tommy. Uh, good evening, Robert. Yeah, I can see you clear as a bell through that COVID 2021 window. And and also you. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not a reflection. It's not a reflection. It's a little of me. Okay, so what do we got going on? Let's go right to, you know, where all the car shows are, which is flacarshows.com. But just to give you guys some heads up, uh, the National Mustang Racing Association is this weekend at Bradyton Motorsports. Yes, boys and girls, sports fans, race car guys. So if you're in the cars, fast cars, really fast cars, like fast Fords, like I am, then you definitely want to make a trek down to Bradenton Motorsports Park. And uh, so for some drag racing, some swap meets, and all the other good stuff. Big shout out to my friends down there. Also, let's see. Well, HSR Sebring Spring Fling is the end of the month, March 31st. But before that is the 12-hour race at Sebring, which is March 17th, which is generally kind of falls in that time. So uh, so there'll be some cool vintage cars down there, and there'll be some lots of racing, racing, racing. But if you ever go to the website to Sebring Motorsports, or Sebring Raceway. There's a whole bunch of other stuff going on there, too. Some uh, Porsche events, driving school events, Chin Motorsports, if you really want to take your own fast car out there. That's cool. Um, tomorrow night in Orlando, for all you Ford guys. I'm on a Ford roll this time. Uh, it is Ford night at Ace Cafe in downtown Orlando. I've been there in a while. I need to get out to some of this stuff. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, Sunday is the first Sunday of the month is the Sumter County swap meet. Leadfoot City is the third Sunday of the month, so they're planning a big event over there. And I was talking to a guy today who built some pretty bad cars. I didn't really realize how many badass cars there are up in Citrus County or Hernando County or Pasco County, even for that matter. And uh, so there are some pretty fast cars out there, and they are all looking forward to Leadfoot City's eighth mile drag strip. So that should be pretty cool. I mean, it's obviously uh, part of the monster transmission thing. And uh, they got it going on. They did it right. So now you got a drag strip. you got the little skid pad there for, you know, people want to go around and around and try to scrape the paint off their cars when they hit the wall. Uh, and wear the tires down to the rims. Um, and then they can always run out to the swap meet and buy some spare parts when they break their cars. And uh, they got music. got vendors, food. Um, pretty cool. Swap meet, car show, bike show. 
it's kind of neat. They got it going on. I have to give them a big shout out. We're going to have to get one of the guys on probably in the next week or so and throw them on the air and try to humiliate the hell out of them. That's our job here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. No, actually, we don't do that. We're pretty cool. We don't do any ambush interviewing here. We're just pretty cool about it. But we like to get a little spirited once in a while. And um, so um, what did I do exciting this week? Let's see. Did I stumble? Uh, yeah, yesterday I did. You know, the, 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 I am going to um, figure out how to do this, but uh, I kind of got in my, in my mode again where I'm out uh, scrounging. I love the scrounge. You know, me, I'm a scrounge. I'm a junkyard guy. So once a junkyard guy, always a junkyard guy, you know? So I was in this guy's shop today, and I was stumbling around, and he had some pretty rare parts in there. I will not disclose. And because um, I have first dibs, as usual. But I decided to unload a few extra parts because as I'm kind of sorting through my stuff, uh, the realization is kind of finally setting in, and I'm waking up here. And I guess because I fell off the ladder the other day and bumped my head really, really hard, I figured, oh, just kidding. Um, maybe I should sell some of my duplicates. I mean, I've been hoarding for years, years, years. People that know me real well, oh, yeah. I, people used to walk into my shop and see a Shelby intake manifold or a rare boss part or something like that and they go hey i'm looking for one of those and i said looking for what well that that manifold right there or the block right there that engine or well transmission or whatever i go no there's nothing there that is totally totally a figment of your imagination you there's nothing there you don't see it no no no. i can see it feel a touch sniff it i can even read the part number off it c9ze blah 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 well that's just your imagination it doesn't exist because it's not for sale. Because one thing I never did is I never sold parts to a speculator. If you were a collector and you needed something, I'd help you find it. And not necessarily out of my stash, but maybe somebody else's stash that was a little bit more uh, willing to sell something. My stuff is proprietary, which means you can't have. But I decided that, you know, uh, after tripping over this stuff and wounding myself numerous times as I'm going through a dark warehouse path. Alan, if you're listening... Um, but at any rate, uh, yeah, Hank, I know you're listening. You know, all us guys have been collecting this crap for years. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of sort through what I'm keeping, what I need to keep, and then probably sell some of my surplus stuff. So I probably will turn loose some stuff. So keep an eye on Facebook Marketplace or Craps List. Uh, I don't even dignify it with Facebook. It's F-Book, in my opinion. Um, that's coming from a conservative, Robert. But nonetheless, uh, so I've kind of woken up the dead a little bit out there, so now people are bugging me. So, yeah, really, you know what happened. Uh, you know, I've got four, five Cleveland motors, uh, two, one short block, four long blocks with heads and intakes, two four barrels, two two barrels. The other one, I'm not sure. I got four sets of Cleveland heads. I got all this junk laying around. I don't even run in Cleveland anymore. Back in the day, I used to street race those things, so I had, I stocked up on Cleveland parts. And uh, so I got some of that stuff. But I'm not going to go waste my time dragging this crap to a swap meet because it's just not worth it to me. Swap meet is usually a place to go pillage, not sell. You know, rare stuff you can sell anyway. Pillage. So anyway, where I'm going with this story is, is the other day I was up in, in this place that you could maybe spot it from a helicopter, but there was a bunch of junk cars in there, 50 to be exact, maybe a little bit more, maybe a few less. But anyway, in the mess was, uh, believe it or not, I believe it's a Devon body, fiberglass body, some moron cut in half, because um, they hung part of it on the wall. They didn't realize that if it is, in fact, a Devon, and i got to double-check it again, that's a rare car. 
Um, they were usually Porsche powered or Ford motor or something like that. They could have put in it, you know, some sort of sports car motor. But that was kind of a classic car they had back in the 60s, 50s. You bought it and you kind of, you know, made it a little race car and you went out and you had fun, you know. Rubbed it against the wall a few times until there was holes in the fiberglass, you know, that kind of good stuff. But at any rate, uh, and there was five Mustangs there, and there was a 69 Camaro that tree landed on it, so it was pretty well shelled. shelled. And then there was a 60 Chevrolet Impala in there that's pretty rusty, but had some good parts on it, a lot of stainless, two-door two, as a matter of fact, hard top. Had a 56, 55 Cadillac in there. But there was also five Mustangs, and they were totally crap. The only thing that was usable, I think, was, there was a, fortunately, there was a couple of clutch pedal assemblies in them because three of them were stick cars, including the 71, uh, 65, 66, there were sticks, Four cylinder, I mean, six cylinder car, so four lug, nothing there. I mean, you know, just rob a few parts off them and then junk them, sad. But anyway, so the stuff is still out there. This is where I'm going with it. And if I was back in the boneyard business, uh, you'd be hearing about it, you'd know about it, and you'd be stopping by my junkyard all the time. In fact, I need to kind of think about that again. Anyway, hey, you're tuning into Nostalgia Gaming Cars. I think what we're going to do is we're going to have Tommy, Tommy, fire up that radio. We're going to go into a little jazz tonight. We got a very special guest, very special guest coming on this evening, hopefully. And uh, so don't touch that dial. You tune in nostalgic cars. Stick around. Put it in neutral for a minute. in Tampa Bay at Dunedin Brewery. Known as Florida's oldest microbrewery, they are always working to create a unique variety of craft beers for every taste. In addition, Dunedin Brewery features a full menu, including everything from their famous wings, burgers, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget about their live music, including the Wednesday Night Players Jam. That's Dunedin Brewery, 937 Douglas Avenue in downtown Dunedin. Visit them online at dunedinbrewery.com. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. are back i love the sound of that cobra i think uh i'm not sure where i got that sound effect from that wasn't one i took from a racetrack or not normally i do 
So, a few minutes ago, before I walked in the studio, I was covered in grease, car guts, basically. So, I cleaned up pretty well. I actually brought some spare clothes today because I didn't want to walk out here looking like a junkyard guy. And um, But I was rummaging through some stuff here and shuffling some motors around and all the other cool, 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 cool stuff. But anyway, um, so... I think, Tommy, why don't we go ahead and let's just get ready to get our guest on the line, and we'll give him a call. I'll just jibba-jibba-jabba-jabba-jibba-jibba-jibba-jibba. Um, you know, it's funny because I went and looked at another 67 Mustang, and kind of I kind of picked those up. I haven't done it in a while, but I think I'm going to start picking Mustangs up again, only because they're, they're simple cars, and I have lots of parts for them, obviously. But it's kind of like the best all-around car. It's just one of those classics. I know everybody's got one, but it's just a car that you can have fun with. But... I tell people, don't necessarily restore the car. Just get off that restoration kick crap because you can't restore a car because you don't restore certain cars. They're just not worth. It's not worth the money. Okay, and Shelby's bosses stuff like that. You know that's fine. You know Copos, a Hemi car. I walked into a place down there called Iron Horse down in Pinellas Park, and they had a uh, 70, um, three, three, 7383. It was that sublime lime. I think it's the color. Uh, Seventy three eighty three automatic on a floor slapstick. They called it back in the day. Cuda, nice car, beautiful car. And uh, there was a uh, vitamin C orange Hemi Challenger 70. Real nice car. Nicely restored. But he did some minor period modifications to his car. So where I'm going with this is, is rather than make your car look like every other Mustang, it looks like a book, you know, and then think you restored it. When you did, you just slapped paint on it and did some upholstery and you bundled a few holes and that's it. That, and, and be truthful about it because that's really what most of you guys do because you don't know any better. You throw a couple of reproduction chin chink panels on there and you know, whatever but anyway so i'm not knocking it all i'm saying is just be honest about it and be honest with yourself okay because someone there's going to be a guy like me that knows a hell of a lot more than you do and you're just going to like tick us off you know we're getting tired of it so just take the car and put your own spin on it if you want it purple paint it purple if you want polka dots put polka dots on it if you want a lime green interior seat in the front and a and a, and a chartreuse green seat on the uh, on in the back, then fine, do it. Because the car is supposed to make you happy, put a smile on your face, your face, your face, wherever this camera is, I'm not even sure. So don't it doesn't matter what I think, because I have my own opinion, but I'm a professional, so I keep it to myself. Unless you, you know, expect me to give my put my two cents in, then I will certainly let you have it. And I'm not going to be generous. I'm going to call it as I see it because that's my job. I'm an appraiser. But like I said, you know, just make the car nice, drive it. When I go in these shops and I see these guys and they got a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand, two hundred thousand, eighty thousand, sixty thousand dollars, and then you got a car that's so nice you can't drive it. What's the point? Make it nice. I mean, if people walk into my shop or back in the day and you see my ratty old Ford, my ratty, I actually had some ratty Chevrolets. And, uh, and he actually had an emblem on the back. That I took all the Ford, em- all the Chevrolet emblems off my cars and put Ford badges on them. He used to laugh because people would pull up beside me and go, I didn't know they made a Ford G28 because the graphics is on the hood on my 74. And I said, yeah, it's a special car. It's a one-off, you know, one of one. So, you know, because I'll have fun jacking with you because no matter what you do, I forgot more than you'll ever know for most for most 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 people i mean there's a few professionals that eat sleep and drink let's say fords eat sleep and drink chevrolets eat sleep and drink dodges okay those that's a different league when i went up to the national muscle car corvette thingy that they had up in detroit uh chicago a couple years ago i was floored i really realized how little i really did know and how little anybody else really knows unless you're in that league i mean it is a serious league with some serious car guys so don't even try it make the car 
you can't you can't gain 40 50 years worth of knowledge just by reading a book watching tv or listening to me so just make the get yourself a cool classic car because it's nostalgia and it makes you happy whether it's two doors four doors a hard top a long roof station wagon whatever it might be you got to have fun with it hey did we get our guests on the line by any chance no why don't you go ahead and rattle his cage a little bit yeah we'll do that and i'll just run my mouth a minute or two tommy you can talk on the phone you didn't know that I had called as you instructed and left a message to call back. Okay. Well, just in case, let's go call him again. Anyway, so uh, when you get him on the line, then we'll fire up the stereo and all that other good stuff. And sometimes when you get uh, when you have to call halfway around the planet to get somebody on the phone, um, what happens is is uh, there's always this little communication thing. So this goes on from time to time. So you know we do our diligence to make sure that we you know have our guests on and they're comfortable and you know what's interesting is this show is live it's live radio okay and i had a, co- a guy make a comment one time he said well you got live radio i said yeah and he goes well that means everybody's listening i said yeah and he goes oh and i go yeah and then he goes says well i've done a few podcasts and I said, yeah. And I said, they're not live. I mean, you're just on the thing, and you got to hopefully somebody will find the podcast if it's got some, um, you know, uh, reach, let's say, so, so to speak. He goes, well, live radio, I'm not really comfortable on live radio because everybody's listening to me because we're live. And I said, that's the whole point of it. Anyway, all right, we got our guests on the line. We will, uh, I'm going to pipe down for a second. Tom's going to throw a little tune on there real quick for us. And then we're going to play a little clip, and we'll be right back with our very special guest for the evening. Don't touch that dial. Put it in neutral and hang loose. that baby some thrill but you know before that pilot could fly from coast to coast in three hours plus somebody had to invest about a million hours getting him ready for it there's a lot of designing testing and trial runs behind every new innovation or new performance record how do i know my name's carol shelby and performance is my business Chad McQueen up here at Rensport, and I am talking to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Have a good day. Peace. 
<laughs> okay, we're back. And you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cards. It's time to introduce our very special guest for the evening. This gentleman is uh, widely recognized in the world of photography, particularly in the racing world and in, uh, in the movie world. So I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening the uh, photographer for Shelby American back in the day, Dave Friedman. Dave, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. So I, you were – tell us how you became the – Team photo- the the exclusively really I guess for the most part the uh, photographer for for uh, Shelby American. Well, um, in February 1962, I received a call from Deke Holgate, who was the uh, PR man for Carol, and a good friend of mine, and asked me if I wanted to photograph a car being built in Santa Fe Springs. California, and I said, sure, and so I drove down there, and they were building the very first Cobra, and I took pictures of that, and that started. Now, that was the Cobra that was in Dean Moon's shop, correct? Yeah. Okay. Now, before that, were you involved in the automotive world at all? Did you have any experience with anybody else prior to uh, Shelby? Okay. I, I was like a freelancer. Okay. So tell yeah, us. And I did. I did a lot of work. Uh, Deke Holgate believed in me when it was in the Los Angeles Times, and uh, gave me a break. Okay. So who are some of the car guys that you did stuff for before Carol Shelby? Well, I took I took pictures of all the races. So nobody in particular. Oh, nobody in particular. Okay, so basically, you was it? Were this was this for a local publication? Was this for the newspaper there? Is that and who exactly was Colgate? What was his deal? Um, I'm sorry. Who was Colgate? Who was he? Where does he fit into this picture? D. Colgate. Who was he exactly? Who? Yes. Who who was D. Colgate? You just mentioned the name Colgate, right? Oh. He was a uh, 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 PR man for uh, D, uh, Carol Shelby. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Now and 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 company, and he became the PR man for the company too. Okay, okay. So when you when you did the first pictures on this AC Cobra. Um, how 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 often Shelby Cobra Shelby Cobra right how how often did you go back there and then uh, how did you uh, I mean did you you, you, you you I never went back there oh, you um, didn't I went there once and uh, uh, so I never went back till I moved into the Venice shop about April sixty two okay and uh, I was. Um, uh, uh, independent contractor at that time because they couldn't afford to hire me. Okay. So while you were an independent contractor and then you would go there, what, periodically and take pictures as they needed it? Yeah. So all these pictures that that us Shelby guys, and I'm a Shelby guy, okay, all those pictures that we see in the in the, at the Venice shop and at the uh, airport, you know, where they're working in the shop, where the cars are being taken apart, putting together no. and all... Not at the airport. Not at the I, airport? I quit before they moved to the airport. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I quit. Uh, when they left the Venice shop, I quit. Because in my opinion, and many others, Shelby America died 
when they left the betting shop. Really? And Carol said that numerous times. Really? I've never heard that before. Why is that? Well, it, it, there's too much, too much uh, politics, uh, corporate bullshit. <laughs> okay, okay. We're we're not censored. I mean, we can't. We have to watch our language here, but that's okay. Um, we didn't catch that, but that's okay. No biggie. You know, it happens every once in a while. You know, as long as we do the f bomb, we're good. But okay, so when 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 Carol Shelby was at the Venice shop, okay, the little one, that's where you know the core guys like uh, Pete Brock and 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 uh, let's see who else was there. Uh, Canwell was there. Um, I know that. Uh, so many. So many. Now, Great people. Talk. Can you share some stories about some of those people? Now, I'll tell you one guy that I actually that moved to Florida that I actually had a really good relationship with, and I used to drag him with me to some of the Shelby meets back in the day, and that was Tweety, who was basically in your book that you did, the Cobra Archives. Okay, there's a picture of him, and I can't remember, but his name was Tweety, Bob Aldridge. And you took a picture of him sitting out in the street there on Venice yeah. uh, with the turd. Yeah. He was a painter. He was a painter, exactly. And uh, he was like the their painter, you know, did all the race cars and everything like that. So that's kind of cool. Were you when when so basically, in your opinion, what you're saying is is that when Carol Shelby was in Venice, it was all about the cars. It was all about the racing. That was the big thing, and that's when you were really involved with it, right? At the early and, on. And and the production did too, uh, but we had great people. In all of the both shops that we had there, uh-huh. and I mean every day I walked with legends. When you who Ken Miles, you know when they came out with the movie here, Ford versus Ferrari, Ken Miles was like is the unsung hero, and obviously he was cheated out of the twenty four hour win. And did you did you have kind of a relationship with Ken? What was it like? What was Ken like to you? Ken was a great guy. Um, uh, he used to come over to my dark room occasionally. Um, I used to work with him on the homologation papers. Um, he, as we worked at late at night on that stuff, and uh, we used to listen to classical music and talk. And uh, he ran the shop, so uh, the race shop. Uh-huh. So uh, that was one of his jobs, and uh, he was a great guy. And that movie, in my opinion, didn't do it justice. You know, it. it, it don't get me started. Okay, okay, okay. Well, <laughs> because Tweety used to always say, "Oh yeah, old Sidebite. He had a hell of a personality." So Sidebite was one of his nicknames, I guess. And yeah. uh, his personality was, you know, typical English, but he was very a spirited kind of guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Peter Brock. Peter's a good friend of mine. I know you did some stuff with him and took some pictures and stuff. Tell us a little bit about, uh, give us a story about Peter. Well, he was there. <laughs> he was there? <laughs> mostly uh, running the uh, uh, Shelby Driving School in mm-hmm. Riverside. Okay. He and John Sabatis uh, ran the Shelby Driving School, and um, uh, he wasn't in the shop very much, uh, but one day a week, maybe. Okay. 
Did he? But him and uh, him and Ken had a, I guess, uh, from what I understand, a kind of relationship because they, when they were working on a Daytona Cobra, um, he was one that was kind of in, influ, in, influential on getting Carroll Shelby to go along with the with the uh, the Daytona um, the the Daytona project. Yeah, um, and uh, John Olson built that car from scratch. Um, uh, he was working on it 24-7, and uh, along with John Collins and Ken and Rem... Uh, Phil Remington? So, yeah. So, um, if it hadn't been for the guys, for those guys, it wouldn't have happened. Okay. Um, so, I, go ahead. I haven't. I photographed that uh, uh, project from the start to finish, so from the first day to the last day. Did you have the opportunity to go to Italy when they were building some of the, the bodies over there? Yeah. Okay. So, like, when they were racing at Le Mans, 63, 64, 65... You were along, and you were there, and you were taking the pictures of of, of the of, of the racing venues and 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 in the pits and and how thing and in the garage and how stuff was going on. Correct. Yeah. So give us a story. Tell us a little story about something that would be just kind of interesting. Let's say at Le Mans, what would what was kind of an interesting story? I mean, I do a little photography myself, so there's always what I call that Kodak moment. You you get that shot that's like, you know, like a shot you'd never get a chance to take it again. And you took it, or there was a shot you wish you would have took that was that, that speaks volumes. Well, uh, I wish I had done more in '64 when we won the thing, uh-huh. um, GT, and we almost won it overall. Okay. Uh, if it wasn't hadn't have been for a hole in the radiator that Rembrandt fixed and uh, they had to nurse it uh, to finish so they would finish uh, they could have won that thing overall that was in 64 hell of a deal first time out win it overall oh absolutely uh, it came close to happening how hard was it back in those days to get media credentials, photography credentials, when you wanted to go to venues? Were they real strict back in those days? Um, I mean, did you have a lot of latitude where you could go on the racetrack and take some pictures? Because when you well, look back in... You could go anywhere you wanted if you had a credential. It's okay. not like today where it's covered by rules and rules and idiots that... <laughs> Don't know, and, and I wouldn't go to a race today. You wouldn't go to a race today, okay? When was the last time you actually did some photography for uh, automotive automotive racing? What was the, what was the last year for that for you? Um, two thousand eight. Two thousand eight, really? Where was that at? Le Mans. Oh, you went to Le Mans, okay? Yeah. Well, wait I was a minute. working with us, Aston Martin. Uh huh. And I worked with them. Um, uh, 84, or, uh, 2004, 5, 6, 7, and 8. Okay. 
when you were uh how about in the late 60s when you when when you left shelby in 65 or when they moved out to uh to the airport where did you go from there what tell us what you did then I went in the film industry. Oh, the film industry. Interesting. Okay, so yeah. what did you do there? Uh, actually, before I left Venice, I saw the handwriting on the wall. Yeah. And uh, I, I started working part-time in Venice and part-time in the film industry. And when I left Venice, I went into the film industry full-time at 20th Century Fox, a little film you may remember, Sound of Music. Sound of Music, no kidding. That's one of my favorite music musicals because I actually lived in Austria in Salzburg for a while. So, uh, yeah. Wow. So you went? Did you go to Europe with them when they did the filming over there with the? Uh, with no, uh, I only worked the last two weeks of it uh, in Hollywood, um, and the stuff with Julie and. Uh, uh, um, Christopher Plummer. Yeah, Chris. Um, in the in the um, the kids. Uh, gazebo and uh, I am sixteen, going on seventeen. Oh, okay, I remember that one. Yeah, that number uh, because they built gazebo on the uh, set on the sound stage to make it big enough to do that. Interesting. So when you say worked in the film, an actual gazebo in uh, Europe and Salzburg was uh, tiny. Oh, okay. Um, so when you were when you got in the filming industry, what did you do? Were you taking stills, or were you actually doing filming? Or no, I was uh, an assistant cameraman. Really? Uh, I started off uh, holding the slate, and I became a focus puller. And uh, when I got my uh, uh, seniority up with the union, I uh, switched over to still photography. Okay. Well, who are some of the interesting people that you had the opportunity to uh, work with in film and, and photograph? Well, um, obviously, I know you're a Robert big. Robert Redford. Uh, okay. Steve McQueen, Bruce Lee. Um, uh, What was Robert Redford like? He was a great, great. Uh, Robert Ryan, um, uh, 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 Robert Ryan, the ball. Uh, oh wow! Sylvester Stallone. Uh, I worked with a bunch of them. Orson Welles. Oh really? Orson Welles, interesting. Um, so, like, give us the, like, like, what was Steve McQueen like when you took pictures with him? Now, you, let me ask you this. There's pictures of Steve McQueen at, supposedly, the uh, Venice shop, and Steve McQueen's looking at a cobra. Now, the story, as the story goes, Steve McQueen never actually owned the cobra, but borrowed one one time and drove it. So, is there any truth to that? Do you know anything about that? Did you take any of those pictures? That was a loner, that car. Okay. He never owned it, but Carol loaned it to him. Okay. And I took the pictures. And you took the pictures. Okay, that's what I figured. So what was Steve McQueen like? Was he just a real casual guy? I mean, just a car nut? Well, I, I worked with him on his last two 
pictures. The hunter? And um, I have a lot of stories. Um, but he was ordinarily, uh, to make it simple, he was a great guy, easy to work with, um, wonderful to his crew. We all loved him. Steve McQueen was big in the motorcycles, and there was a lot, and he was really big in the in the dirt bikes and Baja racing and stuff like that. Did you take any of those photos of Steve no. McQueen? No, none. No. Okay. No. That stuff never interested me. Okay. What about now? Okay, so the last movie he did was The Hunter, I think, where he plays as a bounty bounty hunter. Yep. And then I think there was one before that, and I can't remember that one. So you worked on those films too. Tom Horn. Tom Horn. That was that was a good movie. Yep. That was a Western, right, if I remember correctly? Yep. Okay. So what did you do on those sets with Steve McQueen? Uh, all the pictures. Okay, all the stills and everything like that. So when you take those stills for of a celebrity of an actor, let's say someone like Steve McQueen, in the in 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 well you're taking stills of of the actual character during certain scenes, correct? No, you cover the picture. You go on a picture. You cover as you the behind the scenes. Uh, uh, everybody on it. It's like writing a book. Okay. So then, basically, it's like a documentation thing. That's right. Okay. Okay. And then when they when they have you do this. Is the intentions that this is going to be documented and then maybe put to uh, so the public can view it, and then there's like a text that goes along with it, a caption and stuff? Well, I, I did all the uh, pictures for the uh, movie posters. Uh, oh, really? Lobby cards. I mean, those pictures appear everywhere. Magazines, newspapers, God knows where. Have you you've authored a few books, right? Over the yeah. over. Okay, so tell us about share some stories about some of the books that you've done. Well, because um, they're they're all photography related, correct? Yeah. Okay. You know, I put my heart into it. Subjects I know mostly Shelby American and. Uh, you know, I know the stories and knew all the people. And, uh, you know, years ago, 25 years ago, Carol called me in the office, as he did uh, weekly. And he said, he said, Dave, he says, I want you to go and interview all, all the people that you can find that were worked in our Venice shop and I did and um, we did a book on that remember the Shelby years and uh, uh, we did we did that and we did um, a number of other things all the books I'd done on the Shelby um, were authentic and really happened. That's the way it happened. 
I ran into a guy here in Florida, okay, who used to work, and I know you weren't there because you left before they went to uh, the airport, but this gentleman worked for TWA, and TWA uh, basically transported most of the Shelby team race cars. So this guy actually had some pictures, believe it or not, of some of the Shelbys, but also some pictures of the Ford J car. Okay, because apparently they sent that over to Le Mans, and they were doing some testing. This is before Ken Miles, his yeah, mishap. Yeah, I was there. Okay, so were you there when, when the, that day at Riverside when they were testing? When he kill, killed? Yeah. No. Oh, you weren't. Okay. Um, because I know there was three or four different cars. This is before the Ford Mark IV, GT40 Mark IV, but... But the J car was based was the the precursor to that car. But did you back in the day take well? Obviously, all the pictures. You know, when when they flew the cars in uh, 62, 63, 64, when they flew them over to Europe and and elsewhere. But they went to Europe. Where else did they did they fly? Did they race besides in the United States? They didn't really go anyplace other than United States and Europe. Correct. They never went uh, to Canada. I don't think they went up there. And I don't they think they raced up two races. Canada. Two races in Canada? At Mossport and San Okay, they did race at Mossport. Okay. How about South America? Did they ever take any cars to South America? No. No, nothing. No. Okay. And then in Europe, nothing they... Mexico, no, no. nothing down south. Okay. What about um, in in Europe? So they raced at France, at Le Mans. Did they race at Spa or did they race at Monza or any place like that? Yep. Oh, you did? Okay. And... So when you when you were over there racing in, in, in Spa, for example, what were the what was the track conditions like? What was the was the what was the setting like as far as and 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 you know for you Beautiful. taking pictures? Beautiful. Beautiful. Because Spa is actually kind of an interesting track. It's a very challenging track. There's no question well, about. In those days, it was a real race track, and uh, it open roads and. Um, through the country and the forest, beautiful. Did you ever do any in-car photography? In other words, did you ever get in the car with one of the race car drivers, Dan Gurney or Bob Bondron or somebody like that, and ride around on the track and take stills? No, but I took a few rides. Ken gave me a few rides. Okay. Which track did he take you around? Lamar? Uh, Riverside. And uh, Daytona. And Daytona, okay. Were you able to take any pictures when you were in the cars? No. No, okay. So, all right, so the the books that you did, um, so it sounds like your passion really is racing, correct? Yeah. Okay, so most of the photography that you did was racing, and then did you do any books, let's say, like on some of these celebrities, these movie stars, movie actors? Did you do a like a a collage of of, a book that had uh, uh, a litany of pictures in them? No. No, you didn't do that? No. Why? Well, because it's fascinating. It's interesting, you know. I just thought I'd ask. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you have any idea how many pictures... You've taken over a lifetime. If you had to guess, how many pictures would you say you've taken? Half a million. Half a million. Taking pictures back in the day when you were, and my guess is you were using, what, a 35-millimeter camera back in the day? Yep. Nikon F. I still have it here. It's in the case. Oh, wow. So back in those days, you developed pretty much all the film yourself then? 
Um, you developed when you. I, yeah. All of all the uh, pictures belong to me. Okay. So. Back in the old day, by comparison, you know, and, and, and I used to take a lot of pictures when I used to go to the racetracks in the late 70s and, or mid-70s, all throughout the 80s. And then nowadays we have these digital cameras. Back then I was sparing about taking my pictures because, you know, film and, and, to, and I didn't do any of my own um, uh, developing or anything like that. I had to pay to have it done. Obviously, I'd take it to a you know, Photoshop. But today with digital cameras, it's, it's pretty good. I can just download it. I can edit it. I can do all kinds of stuff with it. What's your thoughts on that? Do you do that yourself? Yeah, or? it has advantages. It has its advantages. Okay. How about the quality of the pictures today versus back in the old days? Is there something, you know, they use the term organic, you know, back in those days? Because a lot of the pictures you took were black and white. Yep, a lot of it. I sent it, sent it out for developing, right. and I made the prints. Okay. Yeah. And I took a lot of color, too. Okay. If you had a chance to do something over... If you look at my books, you'll see. Okay, I'll definitely do that. No question. Dave, if you had a chance to do something over, if there was something you had a second chance to do that you missed out on, what would that be? That's an interesting question. <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean... I left high school and I, had, I wanted to have an adventure in life, and the God knows I succeeded. You did. There's no question about that. Well, now, here's another question i got to ask you. So back in the day, you were around Carol Shelby and Shelby American. Did you actually own a car? Did you actually have a Shelby, I mean? Huh. Well, I asked my father to loan me $5,000 to buy a Cobra. Oh, wow. And what did he say? <laughs> what do you want with that piece of shit? <laughs> okay, so what did you drive for a car back then? I'm guessing if you had to haul a lot of camera gear around, you probably had a station wagon, maybe even a Falcon, right, or something like that, Falcon wagon, or what'd you have? Um, I don't remember what I had, but you know, we used to, if we wanted to drive a Cobra, we used to go over to the uh, sales department and check one out for the weekend. Oh, really? So you could drive one yeah. at any time then? Yeah. Interesting. It worked out great. Worked out great. So you didn't have to own one. You could just have it whenever you wanted to. Okay, that's cool. How about how about when... Uh, so the, who are some of the... Oh, I played Herbie Hancock, okay? And, there, and, he, play, and he wrote the song Watermelon uh, Man. The, yeah. As the story goes, when he received his first royalty check on that, he went to Carol Shelby in 1962 or 63 and bought an AC Cobra and he still owns to this day that particular Cobra that he bought yes, with the proceeds. Do you so interesting. Did you take any photography of him, Herbie Hancock when he uh, got the Cobra? No. No, I didn't. Um, so all right, remember the TV show Honey West? She drove a Cobra in that TV series. Did you did you do any filming with that? Did you did any No, no. no I no? didn't do any of that stuff. Oh. Uh, 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 Gumball Rally, I did. You did Gumball Rally? Oh, that was one of my yeah. favorite movies. Oh, wow, with Michael Sarazan and everybody in there. That was a good movie. And uh, Raul Julia. Were you on the set for that? All the time. 
Oh, wow. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Dave, if people want to find out more, we're up against the clock right now, so we're, we're just about out of time. But if people want to find out more about you and, and, and find out about your books and your pictures and your photography and your history, how do they go about doing it? Is there a website? Is there, uh, can they find out about you? Um, best thing they do is um, email me. Email you. Okay, so what's your email address? You want to give that out on the air? Yeah. Dave Stills 35 at yahoo.com okay and i believe there is a website and dave friedman and it has some pictures and stuff like that on it but anyway but dave i want to thank you very much for coming out here and sharing some stories with us here at nostalgic radio and cars and it was oh absolutely it was a pleasure to have you on the show and uh, you take care and we've met before at some of the shelby meets back in the early 2000s when you were signing autographs and all that good stuff and carol was in the line and 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 all those so uh you might you'll remember when when you see but maybe i'll see you at one of the shelby meets here soon Good. All right, David. It you, may happen. It may happen. David, you take care. Thank you very much, okay? Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Hey, guys, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgia Radio and Cars this evening. You know, don't forget where you want to find out or tune in and listen to the most fascinating and legendary names in motorsports. Uh, thank my special guest today, David, David Friedman. He was the uh, team photographer for Shelby American back in the day, and he did a lot of movie stills and stuff. Hey, he even did Gumball Rally. Don't forget, check out uh, our website, GolfStreetMotorsports.com. You can find out all about us. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, what's that other thing? I don't know. Twitter. Well, whatever. All the social media stuff. In the meantime, hey, this car show's going on now. Everybody's getting out. It's getting back to normal. So I want to see some of the car shows. So stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. To the other side. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.